If this past weekend taught us anything, it's that this year's Louisville baseball team is going to be elite. We'll talk about the successful weekend that Dan McDonald's team had, along with the Louisville women's basketball team falling in the ACC championship to Virginia Tech, plus more on today's episode of the Locked on the Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. For those who don't know who I am, I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. Also do some PA announcing work for the university and various sports. I want to take this time to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. We're talking about this weekend's action across the Louisville or the University of Louisville Athletics Department beginning with talking about the baseball team's weekend down in Houston and how that shows that this team is going to be absolutely elite this season. We'll also talk about the Louisville women's basketball team making it to the ACC championship game but losing to Virginia Tech on Sunday Um, and then to conclude the show we will dive into a weekly mailbag. So Let's get right on into it. Before we do that, I, I want to thank you all um, for your patience. Um, I haven't recorded in a couple days, so I, I do appreciate your patience. I want to apologize for the lack of content. Took a little bit of time off. Um, it was a very busy month of February um, all across the board for me in terms of my day job. Um, you know, Obviously, there was a jammed pack schedule for the show, but regardless, we are back full steam for March First segment of March, talking about the Louisville baseball team. They went down to Houston this past weekend and got three very solid victories over ranked squads in Texas A&M and TCU, and then they defeated Michigan to conclude um, the weekend down in Houston in the Shriners Classic. Now, for the Cardinals, who were... 7-1 and one coming into this event. This is an event that they mentioned on the broadcast on Friday evening that Dan McDonald has been trying to get into for quite some time. It's a very prestigious baseball classic played at Minute Maid Park where my Houston Astros play. Um, but Dan McDonald and company have been trying to get into this event for quite some time. They finally get into it, and it was going to be a solid measuring stick. As to where Louisville was in the season, they were 7-1 and one coming into the weekend. Um, the one loss coming on that Saturday um, loss to Bowling Green. But really hadn't been tested that much. Or they have, but the level of competition wasn't that high. That wasn't the case in this Shriners Classic. You're facing off against two top 20 opponents in Texas A&M, TCU, and then obviously Texas A&M, the team that knocked you out of the NCAA tournament last year in the Super Regionals down in College Station. And then Michigan, even though they had kind of struggled um, to begin the season, were coming off of a uh, 2022 campaign to where they really gave Louisville a run for their money. So a very, very solid opportunity for Louisville to um, show what they're made of. And that they did. Um, Extremely solid performances all across the board from starting pitching to the offense. Um, You really can't point to one or the other as to being more impressive because in all honesty, I mean, both aspects were extremely impressive. Let's take it game by game. The Texas A&M game uh, was the most impressive for me. Louisville hopped out in this one and scored in – 
I think it was for the first five innings. Um, they were up 14-0 to going into the sixth inning. Um, Wolves' bullpen um, didn't necessarily have the greatest seventh inning, um, but the Cardinals were able to win 14-5, 13 hits on the Aggies. Got um, Detmer, the starting pitcher for Texas A&M, a top 50 MLB draft prospect. He was out of the contest in the third inning. Um, just another showing of how Wolves, um, you know, starting nine all across the board, extremely solid. I mean, multiple players had over two hits. Christian Napchek had two. Jack Payton with two. Ryan McCoy with two. Um, I, uh, Patrick Forbes didn't have a hit, but he had two RBIs. Uh, Eddie King Jr. had three hits. So on and so forth. So I think that the Cardinals' offense was extremely solid, but once again. I think it's safe to say that Louisville, at least for the most part, has found their ace, their staff ace, their Friday night starter. Ryan Hawks went six innings of two-hit baseball, did not give up a run, walked four, struck out eight, uh, had one hit by pitch, um, and overall just had a fantastic outing once again. Three performances so far this season, and he has been absolutely electric for the Cardinals um, early on in this season. That's um, one thing that you look at and going up against a Texas A&M roster that returned a majority of their bats from last season. I was extremely impressed with how Ryan Hawks handled himself, um, how he got out of some early inning jams, and um, just a solid performance from him. The offense wasn't necessarily, I, I won't say the greatest on Saturday, because they had 13 hits, but they just stranded so many players on base, which is kind of how baseball is. But the starting pitching, once again, absolutely stellar. In his first start for the Cardinals, Greg Ferrone had seven, seven innings of two-hit baseball, gave up one earned run, had two walks, but struck out nine. Um, absolutely fantastic here for the Cardinals in that second game against TCU, who's ranked inside the top 15. The Cardinals led 3-0 early on off of a Jack Payton two-run home run, and then um, Klein with a double to left center, which got um, – I'm sorry, kill it. No, it's Klein. Yep. Klein was able to score uh, Killen in the third inning. And then TCU did get the uh, two-run home run in the eighth inning, but um, Tate Keener – the veteran was able to get out of the jam and record the save for the Cardinals. So two solid victories early on in the Shriners Classic. And then the cherry on top came on Sunday when the Cardinals run ruled the Michigan Wolverines. Um, I think it was yep, 10 to zero in seven innings. Um, now Michigan fell to four and seven, so they're not having the greatest season, but still solid, solid squad players on the squad. Michigan only had one hit Carson Legette. Once again, another solid performance. He was not the greatest in his first outing on opening weekend, but not bad either. But since then, he's been very, very solid. Seven innings of one-hit baseball. No runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. So, legit, um, Ferrone and Ryan Hawks all went at least six innings, um, and they didn't give up more than one earned run. So, the starting um, pitching in this series was absolutely fantastic. Even when the Cardinals weren't able to score a ton of runs, you saw what they did against TCU and held a very, very solid team to only two runs. Um, 
And then the bats on Sunday came alive. You had home runs from JT Benson and Logan Beard. Logan Beard uh, was fantastic, had a three-run home run into the Crawford boxes in that six-run third inning for the Cardinals, and then um, at least one run in the fifth, sixth, and seventh inning led to the – Led to the overall run rule. So very, very solid starting pitching. Um, Overall, great contributions from this offense, one through nine. Very solid weekend. I think that a lot of people probably had the idea that this Louisville team was going to be elite. If there were any questions after that, I'm not necessarily sure what team you're watching. Um, granted, this team is only 11 games into the season. Um, you know, there's still a lot of baseball to be played. The ACC is very solid. Um, coming up this week, Dan McDonald, you know, shout out to uh, Matt McGavick for posting this on Twitter. Um, a possible milestone, Dan McDonald chasing win number 700. He's at 698. And in this week, we have a Moorhead State um, clash on Tuesday. And then the cards. I have another weekend series at home with Dayton at Jim Patterson Stadium. So by this time next week, hopefully Dan McDonald is over the 700 win threshold. But just fantastic performances from the Cardinals. Um, I think one thing you look at is maybe the bullpen is a part of this team that still needs some work. Uh, Ben Wiegman didn't necessarily have the greatest um, outing. He went two-thirds of an inning, gave up five earned runs, but Evan Webster came in, only gave up one hit in uh, two and one-thirds innings. Tate Keener was up and down, gave up the two-run home run, but still uh, a solid outing to get the save. And then Sunday, well, only gave up one hit. So the bullpen is probably the one question mark that I want to see this team continue to um, get better on as the season progresses. So, um Going right on along into talking about the weekend action for the Cardinals, the Louisville women's basketball team um, surpassed expectations, got to the ACC championship, but unfortunately fell to a top 10 opponent in Virginia Tech. We'll talk about that action here in just a second as we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, you have to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal has been to eat a little healthier this year, but if you're like me where you don't want to compromise that taste, well, Built Bar is the best of both, both worlds. You can go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, see how it compares hand-in-hand with the protein bar, but it's covered in 100% real chocolate, so you get that candy bar aspect as well. A wide variety of flavors from churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, and more. Usually, traditionally, you've had to get them at Built.com. Not anymore. If you go to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. As always, you can get them at Built.com as well. But Built Bar has all of these opportunities that you need to take advantage of. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen every day. 
March Madness is here. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Plus hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So we're discussing the Louisville women's basketball team's run in the ACC tournament. Um, The Cardinals made it to the championship game before falling to Virginia Tech on Sunday, 75-67, to surpassing expectations. I think a lot of people, myself and uh, Off the Walls podcast host Brian Trent included, when we had our episode about global women's basketball um, just about a week ago, where we had predicted global to lose to either Notre Dame or NC State in the semifinals. Well, Louisville handled Wake Forest extremely easily, avenged an earlier season loss back in January where they lost in Winston-Salem by 11 points. They absolutely demolished the Demon Deacons 74-48. to Haley Van Lith led the way with 26 points. They out-rebounded Wake Forest by 11, um, shot over 40% both from the field and from the three-point line and forced 15 turnovers, 17 assists to 11 turnovers for the Cardinals. So, solid performance. And then the matchup against Notre Dame. Notre Dame not having Olivia Miles. She got in. That, she got hurt in that uh, matchup with the Cardinals on senior day. Um, but it was all Louisville seemingly from the second quarter on. Notre Dame not really able to get much going offensively at all. I think a lot of that can be attributed to the Cardinals' defense, but also the team was just ice cold. Single-digit quarter totals until they got to the fourth quarter when they scored 14. Louisville actually won this game 64-38. to Notre Dame, um, one of 10 from three-point line, 31% from the field. Louisville was actually only one of 13 from the three-point line. They shot worse than Notre Dame from the field. Uh, But Notre Dame turned the ball over 22 times, and Louisville out-rebounded the Irish 42 to 30. So this was a performance to where maybe Louisville didn't necessarily put forth their best performance on offense, but defensively speaking, I mean, wow. Louisville definitely did what they needed to do. Um, and I think that when you have four players, four of your starters in double figures, that's something to look forward to. Crystal and Carr has been inserted back into the starting lineup. Um, she finished with 10 along with Mikasa Robinson at 10. Olivia Cochran with 12, and then Haley Van Lith with 15. But the win over Notre Dame got the Cardinals in the ACC championship game against Elizabeth Kitley and the Virginia Tech Hokies, who have been on fire as of late. And the eighth-ranked Virginia Tech Hokies came out on top. Um, uh, Georgia Amor led the way with 25 points. She was 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Um, Cardinals, three players in double figures. Uh, Chrislyn Carr had arguably her best game as a Louisville Cardinal with 27. Haley Van Liss struggled from the field, only had 12. Olivia Cochran with 11. Um, Virginia Tech, Amore gave the Cardinals 25. Kitley had 20, and Taylor Sewell had 13. Um, Louisville tried to battle back in this one. Virginia Tech took a double-digit lead um, close to halftime, I believe. Uh, 20... Yes. No. Yeah, double-digit lead into the half, 10-point lead. And Louisville, despite you know cutting it to single digits multiple times, um, just wasn't able to come out on top in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought the officiating was not good at all in this one. I thought Louisville uh, got the um, bad end of a star player whistle. 
kind of how Alyssa Cunane used to get that whistle for NC State when Louisville played them over the past couple seasons. I think Virginia Tech got the same whistle. Um, they shot 15 more free throws than the Cardinals, made 25 of their 27. Um, Louisville was called for 10 more fouls. Um, Louisville only turned the ball over nine times, but only nine assists as well. Um, overall, I think the Cardinals just couldn't necessarily knock down the shots that they needed to shot 37% from the field, 37% from the three point line. Um, Virginia tech was 44% from the field, 30% from the three point line. Obviously the free throws make a difference, but I'm not going to blame any game completely on officiating. I, I think that that is a weak thing to fall back on um, because I think that the Cardinals had the opportunities to get back in this game or not let this game slide out of hand. I think that the defense wasn't necessarily um, you know, where it needed to be, where it was in the past two days until probably about a little bit into that fourth quarter. And at that point, it was kind of trading buckets back and forth to get from 8 to 10, 8 to 10, and then Louisville finally, um, you know, just kept it within striking distance. So, un- unfortunately, Louisville was not able to come out on top. They had the opportunities to get back in this game. The officiating didn't help, but – Make no mistake about it. Give credit to Virginia Tech, a very veteran-led team. They're very solid. Um, you know, twenty-seven and four, fourteen and four in conference play. Um, I don't necessarily know if they're going to be a one seed. I think that with teams losing, that they possibly have a chance. I think that they have a resume that is possibly built for that last number one seed. But um, we'll just have to see when the selection show rolls around. But they are definitely a top eight national seed when the big dance rolls around. So um, overall, I think that this was a solid performance, solid outing from the Cardinals down in the ACC tournament. They got two wins, got to the championship game, um, a solid resume boosting win over Notre Dame, uh, a solid, you know, momentum building win over um, Wake Forest. And I don't think that the loss against Virginia Tech deters this team at all. Um, I don't think it was demoralizing. It was a hard fought game that they lost against a top 10 team. I think uh, going into the slate on Saturday, Charlie Cream of ESPN Women's Basketball Bracketology had Louisville as a six seed. Um, then the Cardinals defeated Notre Dame. They played Virginia Tech pretty heavily. I don't know that they did enough to get to the four seed to where they would be hosting um, a regional the first two games, um, but I think that they did enough to rise up to the five seed. So we'll just have to see when the selection show rolls around. Um, but I think that this is a team that's continually gotten better, right? Ever since they lost that game against Wake Forest in late January, they've gotten better. Um, that progress has been overlooked a little bit with the team losing twice in close matchups with the Notre Dame Notre Dame fighting Irish but the ACC tournament if the ACC tournament showed us one thing it's that this team is playing its best basketball um, still can get a little bit better for sure in terms of offensive consistency uh, shooting the ball well from behind the arc but overall um, I like the performances, the string of performances, three games in three days for the Louisville women's basketball team. And I'm extremely excited to see where they land in the draw. And I think that they're going to be a tough draw for whoever the high seeds are going to be. If they're a four or five seed, the one seed is, is going to be in for at least a tough matchup if they get to that point. And if they stay as a six seed, which I don't think they will, then the two and the three are going to be having tough matchups as well. But um, overall, 
Up and down weekend for the Louisville Athletics Department. The men's basketball loss was tough, but baseball had a great weekend. Softball was up and down. Um, and then, obviously, uh, women's basketball, solid first two games and then a tough loss to Virginia Tech. So, to conclude the show, we'll dive into a Monday mailbag or Sunday mailbag, depending on when this gets posted. I haven't really decided yet. But um, before we do that, I want to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On, the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team every day. So moving right on along into the final segment of the show, it's dedicated to the weekly mailbag. A couple of solid questions in this um, mailbag, particularly uh, spanning across a, a couple of sports, beginning with football. I hope to have a couple of segments on this, but who do you think of all of the Cardinals um, helped their draft stock at the NFL Combine? I think that, I mean, I think they all did, truly. But I think that probably Yaya Diaby, I think it's probably a tie between Yasir Abdullah and Yaya Diaby. They both tested very well. Um, you know, their physical measurements, the 40-yard dash, both of that, they tested extremely well. Wingspan, um, I forget the one that Yasir Abdullah led the nation in. Uh, Yaya Diaby was the fastest edge rusher outside of Georgia's Nolan Smith, who's a first-round pick projected-wise. So, um I think probably Yasir Abdullah and Yaya Diaby. Moving right on along, is there an opportunity for this women's basketball team to make a run like 2013? And if so, what needs to happen? Well, I think, yes, there is, because you look back to 2014, that was a 4C that went to the final game that lost to UConn, but beat Baylor, Tennessee, Stanford along the – I'm sorry, Baylor, Tennessee, and California along the way. Uh, but, I, I mean, I think that it's definitely possible. I mean, you have the – personnel on the team you have the hall of fame head coach jeff walls you have this team continually getting better it's not like they're slumping they're playing their best ball as of right now they're going to be a tough matchup i think it's going to depend on the draw because if they're in that south carolina regional it's going to be extremely tough despite beating baylor in 2013 the odds are against them to repeat that mammoth of a upset but i think that there's the opportunity there they have to continually be uh, pesky on defense and they have to get you know scoring consistency from multiple players not just Haley Van Liff so but to answer the question yes they definitely can be in line for being a tournament sleeper to make that uh, regional final so moving on right on along into men's basketball the Cardinals have finished the regular season four and 27 first question is can the Cardinals do the unthinkable and win the ACC tournament? Can they? Yeah. Will they? I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think that. The thing for me is just winning one game in the ACC tournament. They had Boston College for the win that they played North Carolina. I think for me, it's just a matter of getting to that game against North Carolina, beating Boston College, a team that you've shown that you can compete with. Um, but I mean, I just think this is this is a really um, like a sunshine pumping question because it's like, okay, can they win the ACC tournament? I mean, sure, anybody can win it. I mean, 
anything can happen on any given day and on any given days, I should say. But no, I mean, I don't think that this is going to happen. I mean, I think that the main thing we should be asking is, can Louisville win that game against Boston College? Because, well, they are the worst team in the ACC. So this question is one that I think made me think a lot. So I wanted to spend the majority of time on it with the Cardinals finishing four and 27. Um, a lot having to be done in the portal. Not much hope to cling on to for next season. What is your pulse on the Louisville program as it stands? I mean, I think that this is a program with the resources and the historical prominence to get back to where it needs to be with the right course of action. I think that there's a lot of questions that are going to be asked in this offseason. Number one, how is this roster going to be overhauled? I We talked about it a, a couple times over the past week or so of what this team needs to do. They need to absolutely overhaul this roster with uh, you know, ready-level Power 5 players because you need to get to a point to where you are in the NCAA tournament next year. Like I said, I think that that is the expectation. Number two is, look, I I think that there's two polarizingly different point of views, as there is in almost everything, but it's very, very dividing of this fan base. There's one portion that believes that it's all on coaching, that there's talent on this team, there's multiple 100-level players on this team, it's all on coaching. And then you have the other side that's like, well, there's a reason why you know Chris Mack left. There's a reason why uh, this team was bad last year under 500 and didn't make the tournament the year before that. I think the truth is a little bit more in the middle, as it usually almost always is. I think that this isn't the greatest team. There is talent on this team, but it's not the greatest team. But there's also some coaching um, you know, issues as well. I think that for Kenny Payne, it's what – are we going to be doing differently in year two? Because this year, I think if you ask the um, the fan that watched this team for the majority of the games, if not all the games, what's Louisville's offense? What are they trying to do on defense? I don't necessarily think that you could point to um, an identity of this team on either end of the court, which you haven't been able to for the past two years now. Um, you know, heading back to you know, going through last year and this year as well. I think the question now is clarity, or that's the name of the game. Obviously, you have to overhaul the roster, but the coaching has to get better as well. I think, the, you know, the X's and O's have to improve. There has to be better offense ran to where, you know, it wasn't just hero ball, hoping that L. Ellis can score over 20 points or hoping that Louisville can hit, you know, a bunch of threes. Um, you know, isolation ball is not going to work. There has to be, um, you know, more... Um, emphasis on sets offensively. There has to be more emphasis on rebounding the basketball, um, you know, overall understanding of, you know, cohesiveness on defense. And then as, as well, I think that this goes without saying there can't be an effort issue like there was this season. I'm not saying there, there's going to be, but I think I agree with the original question is there's a lot of concerns heading into next season. Uh, you have to overhaul the roster. You have to adjust coaching. You have to live and learn from your mistakes. You also have to address the effort because if we're in a situation next year to where there's still issues with effort, it doesn't matter how good of the players you have. It doesn't matter how good of coaching you have. If your players are not giving you consistent maximum effort, well, what are we doing? So uh, I think that there's a lot of uh, questions 
heading into this offseason for Louisville. Like I said, I think Kenny Payne is going to have a year or two at Louisville. I don't think that that should surprise anyone. Um, you know, getting an opportunity to address this team with no NCAA cloud over his head. But um, I understand the concerns. So only thing really, unfortunately, right now is the wait-and-see approach. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We will see you right back here very soon.